Good morning. Hope everyone's having a great morning this morning. Just want to go over a couple announcements with you guys. I'd encourage you to uh, look in your bulletins. Today's flowers have been placed by the family in loving memory of Janet Ireland. We had a great opportunity this past week to have soccer camp. We had about 21 kids or so over the course of the week. It was a hot week, but it was a lot of fun. The kids didn't mind the heat. It was only the leaders who minded the heat. <laughs> uh, but it, we had a great week. It was a lot of fun. Um, we were able to talk through the I am statements of Jesus. So I am the resurrection, the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That was our devotionals through the week. Uh, so it was really just a great time to uh, be able to talk with these kids. Uh, also this past week, uh, we had the church picnic yesterday. I wanted to uh, say a special thank you to everyone who was involved in making that happen. We had a great time. Uh, I was able to get out on the lake a little bit with uh, my kids, so we really had a great time yesterday. Looking forward to this week's uh, opportunities, we have youth group tonight, we have uh, college and career on Tuesday night, and our prayer meeting on Thursday night. Also this uh, Saturday morning, we're going to be having our men's breakfast at Diamond Grill at 8 a.m. on Saturday uh, morning. We uh, have really been having a great turnout for that, so any men, I'd encourage you guys to come out for that. Also, you'll notice in the bulletin there's some ministry opportunities there for you. Uh, the nursery is looking for workers, uh, for people who would like to be involved with the nursery on Sunday mornings. Uh, if you're interested in that, um, you can contact Beth about that. Also, fall is right around the corner. We are two days away from August already, and summer's like flying by so fast. Uh, but fall's right around the corner, <clears throat> and we're going to be starting up Olympians and Gopher Buddies again. So if anyone would like to be involved with that, please contact Cindy um, if you're interested in being involved in Olympians and Gopher Buddies this year. Um, even if you're planning on returning, please still let Cindy know. Um, also, you'll notice in the bulletin that we have a note that says that um, in the continued pursuit of safety and security for our church, the trustees are looking to compile a list of individuals who are uh, medically, medical professionals, EMTs, and other uh, types of certificates. So if you have any, uh, please contact the church to let them know about that. We're just trying to put together a list so that we can have uh, safety and security for everyone in the building. Also, next Sunday will be our hymn sings. That comes up next Sunday, and there's some other activities in the looking ahead. I'd encourage you guys uh, to, to look through at some point this morning. Let's open our service with a word of prayer. Lord, we praise you that we have the opportunity to gather before you this morning to lift up our voices, to worship you, to enjoy each other's company, but also to, work, to focus our attention on you. And Lord, I pray that we would have a morning filled with worship, Lord, through everything that we do this morning, through singing, through opening up your word and hearing from you. Uh, we pray that our hearts would be focused on worshiping you. Lord, we pray that you, we would make your name great this morning. Lord, I do just pray that uh, anyone here who's just carrying um, some baggage from the week, Lord, that we'd be able to put the week on the side and be able to focus on you. Lord, I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Well, let's stand and let's shout our praises to the Lord.
worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. By God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. As he hung up on that cross, and he rose up from that grave, my God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord.
As we go to prayer this morning, we need the Lord to be more than enough in our lives. Uh, I do want to share before we pray that uh, we really need to be praying for some families uh, in our area. Uh, first off, we uh, want to be praying for uh, the family of Edna Curden. Uh, she went home to be with the Lord yesterday and a uh, faithful lady, many years of uh, faithful prayer, faithful service. So we want to be praying for, uh, for Mindy and, and Todd and Herb and, and the family there. And then, uh, as uh, you may have heard during the week, uh, David Mitchell passed away in a, a car accident of, uh, of David and Kelly Mitchell. And so we want to be uh, praying for those, uh, for that family. Uh, and then also we want to be praying for the family of Eric Cates, uh, Quentin family, and, uh, and he passed this week. So uh, we'll seek the Lord's comfort as we, we think of these families. And Lord, as we uh, just sang, you are more than enough for us. Lord, when we're uh, grieving, when we're uh, trying to process things, when we're uh, hurting for others, Lord, you're there. And uh, Lord, you are the God of comfort. You are the God of mercy. You are the God who uh, is with us uh, through our pain. Uh, Lord, we think of Jesus wept, and Lord, we know that uh, you weep, uh, Lord, when there's loss of life. But Lord, we also know that there is a, a heaven and there is a future. And uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, you go to prepare a place for us. And that, Lord, uh, you promise to never leave us or forsake us. And that, Lord, uh, we have heaven to look forward to. And so, Lord, we just pray for some of these families and for all they're going through this weekend. Lord, we pray for uh, the family of Edna Curtin. And, Lord, we pray for every mercy on Herb and Indian Todd and Keith and, and all the family. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for all that Edna meant to this church and, uh, Lord, the many friendships she's had. We thank you, Lord, for her prayers. We thank you, Lord, for her uh, faithful testimony. And, Lord, we just uh, uh, pray, Lord, that you would... Uh, be with the services. We pray, Lord, that you would be with the family this weekend. We pray that you would flood them with many memories. And we pray, Lord, that uh, when the time comes, it'll be just a, a celebration of Edna's life. And Lord, we pray for the, the family of David Mitchell. And Lord, uh, uh, just this uh, uh, shocking accident. Lord, we know that uh, you have all things under control. We know that nothing takes you by surprise. 
We just pray, Lord, that you would be the Mitchell's portion at this time, that you would be their strength. We pray, Lord, for, uh, for David's wife, Kelly. Uh, we pray for the kids, Lee, Oliver, and Faith. And uh, Lord, we just uh, uh, pray you would surround them with your love. We thank you that there's, um, they have many families uh, here in our church and in the community that they can lean on. Uh, Lord, we just hold them up in prayer. We pray that you would be their rock. And uh, Lord, that you would be with them in the midst of their tears. Lord, we pray for the, the family of Eric Cates, and uh, uh, Lord, we know the Cates family has been very uh, involved in the Quentin community for some time. We pray for uh, Eric's kids that he leaves behind. We pray, Lord, that you would be a, uh, a father to the fatherless, and that, Lord, you would bless, uh, uh, bless them, and uh, Lord, help that family as they process things. Lord, we uh, pray for other needs this morning. We continue to lift up our brother Mike McGowan as he's begun treatments for cancer. We pray for strength for him during this time. Lord, we pray for Alex and Holly and the uh, expectation uh, of, of having this uh, little one be born soon. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would be with Holly's uh, health. We pray for a safe and healthy delivery of the baby. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with the, uh, the doctors and, and nurses attending to her. And uh, Lord, we just pray for your perfect timing and uh, perfect plan there. Lord, we pray for uh, a man named David Schaefer, who was here last week and uh, is now in the hospital with liver and heart issues. Uh, Lord, we pray for wisdom for the doctors. We pray for healing for David. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would carry him through this. We pray for Sherm, and uh, Lord, we pray that his white blood count would go, go back up. We pray, Lord, that you would protect his, uh, his health, his immunity. Uh, we pray for Sherm as he continues to have tests and treatments. Lord, we thank you that uh, the surgery for Gail Brown went well. We pray for healing for Gail. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, help her with the pain that she's having and, and soreness. And we just pray, Lord, that this ankle will heal. We pray for Josh Thomas. We pray, Lord, that you would shrink his tumors. We pray, Lord, that he can get all the uh, approvals for uh, trial medicines. Uh, we pray for wisdom for doctors and the family. We do pray, Lord, that you would touch his body and bring miraculous healing to it. We pray for Patrick Foster. We thank you, Lord, for answer to prayer and his appetite getting better. We, uh, Lord, take that as a, a good sign of things. Uh, we pray for healing as he battles cancer. We pray for Ed Plummer. We pray for his continued healing and recovery. We pray for uh, one of our missionaries, Larry Campbell, who's having back surgery this Wednesday. We pray that that surgery would go well. We pray that you would guide the surgeon's hands. We pray that you'll be with uh, Larry in his recovery, be with his wife Sarah as well. And uh, Lord, we pray that this will be a, a helpful procedure to him. And uh, Lord, we thank you for um, all the activities we were able to do as a church in July. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just a good month of July. Uh, uh, started with the end of VBS and then uh, going through the, the basketball camp, the soccer camp, uh, and the picnic yesterday. We thank you for good weather there. Uh, we pray, Lord, that we can keep reaching out to families. We pray, Lord, that we will uh, see some of these families and children again, that they would come out to church if they don't already have one. And uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for uh, all the answered prayers and all that you did in July. We look forward, Lord, to uh, things in August, and we pray, pray your continual blessing on our summer. Uh, we pray, Lord, that the gospel and the ministry of the word would go forth. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, children in first through third grade are dismissed for youth church. Please stand as we continue to sing.
be seated. I'd encourage you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. I'll be reading Acts 16, verses 11 through 15. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 11. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside, where, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatara, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon them. Minneapolis, Minnesota is known for a, a number of things. It's chain of lakes, Mall of America, it's uh, Juicy Lucy Cheeseburgers, and it's Hospitality Hero Award. The Hospitality Hero Award is an award created and presented by Meet Minneapolis in order to honor a spectacular individual in the hospitality industry. There are three criteria for this Hospitality Hero Award. First, they must showcase Minneapolis in a positive light. Two, they must go the extra mile in providing service to its visitors. And three, they must display a commitment to the Minneapolis hospitality industry. Past winners include Amy Kettner of Hyatt Regency Hotel and Jeff Barris, a chef at Millennium Minneapolis hotel. Well, someone who would have won the hospitality award in Philippi was Lydia. And uh, we're going to look at her story today. Uh, we're in a series on shining stars of the New Testament. And uh, we've really covered some, some great people. We talked about Stephen and his courage. We talked about Philip, the evangelist. We talked about Ananias and being available. There was Barnabas, the encourager. Tabitha Dorcas, full of charity. Rhoda, persistence. And then last week, Pastor Jay preached on Silas and doing ministry together. And so today, we want to talk about Lydia and hospitality. First, let's get into uh, some of the background of the story. In Acts 16, Paul is about to begin his second missionary journey. He's in the town of Troas in northwest Turkey when he receives this vision. A man says to him, come to Macedonia and help us. And so Paul does. He immediately heads for Macedonia. He believes that this vision is from the Lord. 
Paul's travel itinerary is described there in verse 11. He leaves Troas and goes over the Aegean Sea to get to an island called Samothrace. Samothrace is a Greek island. It has a high mountain on it. That mountain is 47,000 feet high. And it was nicknamed Poseidon's Island in honor of that Greek god. Paul spends one night in Samothrace, and then he finishes crossing the sea over to Neapolis. Now, uh, Neapolis was on the coast. Neapolis means new city. Uh, Neo, new, and polis, city, new city. This is where Paul first landed in Europe. And then, finally, Paul makes it to his main destination in Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony. It was a major city at the time. Philippi was named for King Philip, Philip, Philippi, King Philip of Macedon. And Paul's going to do a lot of ministry there. Uh, Pastor Jay read the story last week about the Philippian jailer, and, uh, and all that's going to happen there. The Bible says they remain some days, likely were there for many months. Things really get interesting, though, when the Sabbath comes around. Paul must have been asking around about prayer and spiritual activities, and he's told that there's a group of women that meet down by the river, and so Paul goes to check it out. Uh, Philippi only had a small number of Jewish inhabitants, and so there was no synagogue. Jewish law required that there be 10 males in a city in order to have a synagogue. And so with no synagogue, the women would go down by the river to pray. Paul sees the women praying, and he decides he's going to join in. And so Paul sat down and spoke to them. Paul has a spiritual conversation with these ladies, talking, listening, asking questions, uh, sharing back and forth. Paul uh, probably asked them about their prayer meetings on the Sabbath. Paul may have asked them about, you know, just what they believed in God. Who were they, who were they praying to? Paul may have told them about the vision he received, about coming to Macedonia. Uh, Paul may have uh, shared with him about, shared with the ladies about some of his travels. We do know this. Paul shared the gospel with them. Paul always shared about Jesus wherever he went and whoever he talked to. We learn a little bit more about one of the women, uh, and her name, of course, is Lydia. Lydia is the Greek word for beautiful one or noble one. Now, uh, even though she's there in Philippi, she's originally from Thyatira, right? A lot of geography to keep up with here. Uh, Thyatira was back in western Turkey. Thyatira is one of the seven churches in Revelation that receive a letter from Jesus. And Lydia was from Thyatira, but she was doing business in Philippi. Hey, Lydia's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur. She's a seller of purple goods. Purple was in high demand in Rome as a royal color. Purple was hard to come by because uh, of how it was made. The dyes were collected from shellfish. They had to get these drops of purple dye from these mollusks, and then they would use them to make purple clothes. 
And so this was her business, and this was something that Lydia was very successful at. She was able to bring these purple goods to market. Lydia was very good at, at business and administration. Lydia, we're told, was also a worshiper of God. And that's really interesting because she wasn't even Jewish. She was Greek. The Greeks uh, normally believed in many gods. You know, there's the sun god, the harvest god, the god for this, the god for that. But Lydia didn't worship those false gods. Lydia found out about Yahweh, the Hebrew god, the, the true god, the god of heaven and earth. Lydia had worshipped that god, but she hadn't heard yet about Jesus. And so Paul could say to her, hey, I believe in the Hebrew God too. Paul could say, Lydia, let me tell you what this Hebrew God has done. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you, Lydia. He gave his one and only son. And this son was named Jesus. And this son died on the cross for our sin and rose again. And you need to trust in Jesus for salvation. And so again, Paul shared with her about Christ. And so this is, uh, leads to the first thing that really stands out about Lydia. Number one, Lydia shined by having an open heart. An open heart. You know, our hearts are so important. Our heart is really the center of our lives. Our heart is where decisions are made. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So much of life comes down to what's in our hearts, and really it's a question of who's in our hearts. Is Jesus in our heart or not? Here in Acts, the verse says, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was being said by Paul. That means that Lydia believed. That means that she thought deeply about what Paul had to say. She was hanging on his every word. Lydia's heart was tender to the gospel. She received the teaching about Jesus. She didn't push it away. God was opening her heart to understand more and more about Jesus. The Greek word used here for, for open is diagnigo, and it has the idea of being opened widely. Right? This wasn't just a, a little bit of interest in, in God, uh, but opened widely, like the double doors of her heart were opened to allow the gospel to come in. Lydia was good soil. When the invitation was given, she asked Jesus into her heart. And Lydia became the first convert in Europe. Now, it's very significant that the verse says God opened her heart. You see, Paul didn't open her heart. The preacher can't open anyone's heart. You and I can't open anyone's heart. But the Lord can. God is the one who opens the heart. And that's obviously a, a mystery to us. You know, God's sovereignty and human responsibility and how that all works. But it's clear in Scripture that God opens the heart. John 6, Jesus said, No man can come to me unless the Father who has sent me will draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. 
God gave the increase. God is the one who opens hearts. You might wonder, you know, well, why, why does my heart have to be opened in the first place? And the answer is because our hearts are locked up with sin. Our hearts are full of pride. Our hearts are darkened in understanding and therefore closed. There are some people who you share Jesus with them, and they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear anything about it. Why? Because their hearts are closed. But God, through the Holy Spirit, can open hearts. And God uses different things in our lives. He'll use sorrow or crisis or life change to open those hearts. God can take a heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. God can take a heart that's been closed up for many, many years and open it up. God opened Lydia's heart and made her spiritually alive. And, you know, we, we all need to have our hearts open by God. It's, it's part of salvation. It's not enough just to come to church. You have to have your heart open by God. And it's not enough to do some good works. You have to have your heart open by God. It's not enough to have Christian parents. You have to have your heart opened by God. It's not enough to have some uh, general understanding of who God is. You have to have your heart opened by God. And our hearts are opened by God as we come to understand who Jesus is and place our faith in him. In the Bible, we see there's usually two responses to God. Either the heart is being opened or the heart is being closed. If someone rejects God and his teaching, the heart gets closed even more. God closed Pharaoh's heart when he refused to listen. Hebrews 3.15, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Don't close your heart to God. An open heart is soft. An open heart wants to know God more. An open heart pays attention to the word. It's an open heart that God blesses and uses. And so we need to, we need to pray. We need to pray that God would give us open hearts. And that God would open the hearts of others that we know. We, we all know people who need their hearts touched by God. We all know people who, you know, we've talked to them and talked to them and invited them and talked to them over and over again. But it's at the point now where God has to do something with their heart. We would pray, God, open their hearts. Lord, open the hearts of those who are deceived by the things of this world. Lord, uh, uh, open the hearts of those who are just searching and lost. Lord, open the hearts of, of those who are broken and hurting today. Lord, open the hearts of businessmen and businesswomen like you did for Lydia. God, open the hearts of people who they think they know you, but they don't really know you because they don't know Jesus. God, open the hearts of people hearing the gospel for the first time. God, open the hearts of these children who, who, who desperately need to know you, children who we've been ministering to. Lord, open the hearts of the teens up at Word of Life camp and other camps this summer. Open their hearts to receive you. 
Lord, open the hearts of people in other countries. Uh, Megan's over there in Belize, and we have missionaries serving in Chile and Jordan and all these different places. Open hearts to the gospel around the world. Open the hearts of the Jewish people in Israel. Open the hearts of people here in Quinton. God, open the hearts of, of people in our own families who need you. Open hearts like you did for Lydia to pay attention to your word. Right? That's, that's really what we want. If we could just get our family members to, uh, uh, to pay attention to the word. If we could just get the, the, the lost people to pay attention to the word, to take it seriously, to take it in, to ingest it into their lives, what a difference it would make. Lord, open hearts. Pay attention to your word. And then for the second part of this, Lydia is shined by an open home. You know, whenever we talk about Lydia, the theme is open hearts and open homes. One leads to the other. Once Lydia's heart was open, changes start taking place in her life right away. There was immediate fruit. First thing she does is get baptized, which is, which is great. She believes and is baptized. She follows the Lord and believers' baptism. Not only her, but her whole household, it says, takes part in this. The Bible doesn't specifically say if it was her husband, her children, her parents, her servants. Uh, but there were other people in the house who heard about Jesus, put their faith in him, and got baptized. And then in verse 15, we find Lydia pleading with Paul and the missionary team to stay at her house. Lydia offers her home to be used by the church. It was probably a large home since Lydia was wealthy in business. You'll notice that Lydia didn't just, you know, want to use her home just for herself. She wanted to use it for the Lord. Once her heart is open, then the door to her house opens as well. Again, Lydia had an entrepreneurial spirit. Lydia was someone who could get things done. And Lydia wanted to see the church grow. God used her gifts to help start that church. And this would be a great blessing to Paul and Silas. Uh, if you look ahead to verse 40, it says, When they got out of prison, they go back where? To Lydia's house. Uh, why would they go there? Because that's where the church was. That's where the hospitality was. It had to be comforting for Paul and Silas to have a place to go to after they were freed from prison. And that church in Philippi that starts in Lydia's home continued to grow. You know, not every person is called to be a full-time preacher or a full-time evangelist, but some are called to do well in business, to do well in a job, and then use that to support the church. You know, God is not against people making money. God is against people loving money, and there is a big difference. Uh, God uses people who are gifted in business and in administration. Chip Ingram, in his uh, ministry, uh, often talks about the successful business people that he knows and who are big supporters of his ministry. Uh, Tiago, our Word of Life rep, uh, the same thing. He's shared with me that uh, he is supported by some very successful business people that he met in Texas. 
And that's a good thing. Uh, they have the attitude, hey, God has been good to me in my business. God has been good to me in my job. And I want to invest it back in the Lord. And that's a great attitude if God has blessed you in that way. God uses Christian businessmen and businesswomen to build his church. I uh, came across the story of Norm Miller. Norm Miller is the chairman of Interstate Batteries. And Interstate Batteries is a big uh, million-dollar company. Norm Miller says, quote, I grew up in Galveston, Texas. My dad ran a golf service station and garage. And so I've been around cars for as long as I remember. I guess that's how I ended up in the battery business. He says, but I inherited something else from my dad, drinking. On Saturday afternoons about 2 o'clock, he and others at the station would set up a little bar in the back room, and all the regular customers would go back there and drink. Norm says, I followed in his footsteps and started drinking in junior high school. Somehow I made it to college and just went on partying and began to drink more. I completed college, got married, eventually ended up working with my dad and brothers at Interstate Batteries out of Memphis. I was on the road a lot, drinking, partying, and selling batteries. Norm was arrested twice for DUIs, and his wife threatened to leave him. But along this time, or excuse me, about this time, a friend of his began telling Norm about what the Bible had to say about life. And eventually, Norm started attending a Bible study. The Lord opened his heart to hear the good news. Norm says, I accepted Jesus just as the Bible teaches, as my Lord and Savior, as God's own begotten Son who died as a payment for my sins. In him is forgiveness of sins and the power of self-control and being freed from the bondage of sin. Norm began supporting the work of the church. He served on the board of Dallas Theological Seminary for a number of years. He helped produce the I Am Second video series. Norm supports a gospel mission in Dallas that provides food, shelter, and clothing to people experiencing homelessness. And he also sponsors Thrive Women's Clinic in Texas that helps pregnant women get free ultrasounds. And so Norm Miller is just one example of a, of a business person who God is using in a number of ways. Now, not all of us are in business. Uh, not all of us might be able to, to do all that, but we can all practice hospitality. You know, hospitality is just basically offering your home to others. It's making others comfortable. It's taking care of needs. Some people, you know, are really gifted at this. They just know what somebody needs even before they ask. They're good at providing a warm meal, a cup of coffee, some encouraging words of friendship. The word hospitality, you'll notice, has the word hospital right in it. And that's really what hospitality is all about. Just as a hospital is a place for healing and wholeness, our homes should be a place of healing, refreshment, and restoration. Romans 12, 13, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And so hospitality is a great way to share the gospel. If someone is showing you kindness, if someone is taking care of your needs, it reflects the love of Jesus. 
We've probably all had the experience of being welcomed into someone's home, and it just really lifted our spirits. Uh, we got a break from all the, the yuck in our lives, and we got to rest. We were blessed. We were encouraged in some way. We were strengthened by the hospitality. Hospitality could be inviting a new family at church over for lunch or dinner. It could be inviting a non-Christian family out to pizza after the soccer game. Maybe it's sharing a picnic at the park with the single mom down the street. Maybe it's throwing a baby shower, a bridal shower, a birthday party for a friend. Hospitality is watching the grandchildren. Hospitality, we practice it here at church by greeting one another. Remember, we, uh, we hosted the Word of Life singers, and people took them into their homes as an example of hospitality. Small groups are uh, a way that we practice hospitality. Our church picnic yesterday was hospitality. And hospitality is a great way to minister. So many people today are stressed, tired, anxious, feeling emotionally beat up. What's, what's the answer to all that? Christian hospitality. Hospitality that physically and spiritually refreshes. You know, uh, one of the reasons why we don't practice hospitality like we should is we kind of have this idea that my home is my castle, right? This house is my domain. This is my chair, my sofa, my table. We like order. We like certain things being in a certain way. And so to bring someone into your home is to upset that order. They're an intruder. But this is what we're called to do. Uh, hospitality puts the needs of others before our own. I saw a, a good line in a Lifeway sermon on this, and it's, it's a, in the form of a question. Is your home a secluded fortress, or is it a haven for hurting souls? Let me say that again. Is your home a secluded fortress, or is it a haven for hurting souls? Rosaria Butterfield wrote the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And in her book, she shares her testimony. Now, Rosaria was, uh, you know, a radical, committed unbeliever. What did God do to, to save her and draw her to himself? Did God use an evangelistic rally, you know, big outdoor preaching type event? No, he didn't use that. He didn't use that. Did, uh, since she was a, a, a reader and a writer, did God use some book to get her attention? No, God didn't use that. God used an invitation to dinner in a modest home with a humble couple who lived out the gospel daily, simply, and authentically. Rosaria was doing research to write a book against Christianity when she decided she wanted to talk with some Christians to get some more research. Ken Smith and his wife in invited Rosaria to their home for Rosaria, the Smith home became a living picture of the gospel that began to change her. At the Smith house, Rosaria and people from all walks of life gathered for a meal, conversation, discussion, laughter, psalm singing, and a time in the word. After about 500 meals, Rosaria recalls the word of God began to grow inside of her, and she placed her faith in Christ. After coming to faith, Rosaria met her husband, Kent, a Reformed Presbyterian pastor in North Carolina. They now have four adopted children, a dog, 
and a home they call a hospital for grace. God used an open home to change her life for Christ. When we think about uh, Jesus being here on the earth, what did Jesus do? Jesus opened hearts. Jesus ate with the tax collectors and sinners. He opened their hearts. Jesus, through his miracles and teachings, opened the hearts of many to receive him. In Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, after Jesus rose from the grave, he opened the hearts of those two men. And of course, Jesus practiced hospitality. He fed the 5,000. He washed the disciples' feet. He invited the children to himself. But the greatest thing Jesus did for us was to die on the cross for our sin. Jesus lived a perfect life on our behalf. His heart was perfect in every way. And then Jesus gave his life so that our sin could be covered. And so that we could have a home in heaven, in the Father's house, and enjoy his hospitality forever. And so the question is, has your heart been opened to Jesus? Have you confessed your sin and received him into your heart? Well, God opened Lydia's heart, and she became a hospitality hero. You know, when we think of Lydia, we think of open hearts and open homes. And so for next steps this week, pray. Pray first off for ourselves that God would keep our heart open and tender to his word. And then pray for, for God to open the hearts of others who desperately need him. And then hospitality. Do you, do you have an entrepreneurial spirit that wants to get involved in supporting the ministry of the church? Who can you show hospitality to this week? Is your home, is my home, available for the Lord to use? May we have open hearts and open homes for Jesus. And Lord, that is our prayer today. And Lord, our prayer starts with ourselves. We pray, Lord, that you would just keep our hearts open to you. Help us to not close our hearts in any way. Close our hearts through sin. Close our hearts to hearing your word. Lord, keep our hearts open and tender and humble before you. And then, Lord, we recognize that we live in a lost and fallen world, and, Lord, there are closed hearts everywhere. Lord, we know people who have closed hearts uh, at work, closed hearts in our families, closed hearts uh, in our community, closed hearts uh, uh, just about every walk of life. We pray, Lord, that you would open hearts. We pray, Lord, that you would really work on people so that they would pay attention to your word and really consider your word and what it says about Christ and their sin need and salvation. Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, as we go into August, as we go into this week and, and, and the rest of this summer, Lord, that you would just open up hearts to, to really uh, take in your word. And Lord, uh, we also know that uh, an open heart leads to an open home. And so, Lord, help us in practicing hospitality. Help us to show hospitality to this week to someone who needs refreshing. Uh, Lord, I pray for anyone who needs to take that first step, that they would accept you as Savior, that they would say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that my heart's not always been right. But I confess my sin to you today and ask you to come into my heart and change me, change my life. That's your prayer today. We'd love to encourage you afterwards. Lord, for all of us, help us to have open hearts and open homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we sing together.
How's your heart today? If you need uh, prayer, if you need encouragement, if your heart is hurting in any way, we'll have some prayer partners at the front. They would love to uh, encourage you. We'd love to make sure that uh, your heart is, uh, uh, is healed and in tune with God. And uh, if, if you have a heavy heart today, if you have a hurting heart today, we'd love to minister to you afterwards. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our cornerstone. We thank you, Jesus, that you come to open our hearts and reign in our hearts. I do pray, Lord, you'll be with any hearts that are hurting today, and that, Lord, you'll continue to give us open hearts and open homes as we minister to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.